Hi, Katie. Hi, Ada. Hi, Katie. Hi, Ada. (laughs) We're talking about the Barbie movie this week, and we're just going to throw into it, I think. Oh, oh, that's what you were doing. I didn't even even put that together. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So before we dig into that too much, uh, we didn't upload an episode last week because uh, I was out of town and Katie was out of town. And Jack was going to do one, but then Jack got sick. But we will do that. And now I have to do two Ada Punishment special podcasts where I read sapphic poetry in an ASMR voice. So we will get around to those soon for the Patreon. I don't know what a punishment. So is there is so there's an Ada punishment episode? Is there a Katie punishment episode and a Jack punishment episode? No, because I... Because we're rolling everything under the Splendor Queer umbrella. I'm trying to be more uh-huh. diligent about stuff and responsible. Um, I can make y'all do the punishments if you want. <laughs> but that seems... You are welcome to do them. But it seems like a good way to get some bonus content out. Um, sure, yeah. sure. So Barbie came out and was the largest opening box office weekend since COVID. Which is funny because actually... The last, no, I think the the second to last movie I saw in theaters before COVID was Birds of Prey with another Margot Robbie film. Um, Mine too. That was the last movie I saw before COVID, yeah. I think I saw a Portrait of a Woman on Fire like a day before lockdown. Oh. So uh, obviously there's a lot of trans stuff we can talk about with it. Um, If for no other reason, Harry Neff is in it and plays Dr. Barbie, which offended Ben Shapiro. I don't know if anyone's seen did. that clip, but it's so good. He's like saying, he, he says like, and this this Barbie who has a voice lower than my own, and everyone's just dragging the shit out of him because it's like everyone does Ben <laughs> well, Shapiro. He's, he's like, and this Barbie who has a voice lower than my own. I mean, like, everybody has a voice lower than Ben Shapiro. Jesus. Yeah, you fucking four inch tall elf. <laughs> but the Barbie movie. Hey, this is this is totally trans. Um oh welcome God. to our podcast. This is totally also, trans. You, I'm Katie Coleman. I am a queer trans woman and my pronouns are she her. I am Ada Rhodes Short and my pronouns are she her and I'm a queer trans woman. And this is totally trans as Katie said and we're talking about Barbie. And I am not on any sort of ADHD meds today or caffeine, me so I'm a little all over the place. They won't give them to me. Well, they they are they out at your pharmacy as well? I I, I have a year's supply for me for the school year. Oh, I finally damn. fucking got it, but Good I don't you. take it on weekends. And oh, we're sure, recording yeah. on a Sunday today, and yeah. I, I only take it a couple times a week when I have to answer like emails and stuff. Yeah, I've been having to raw dog reality for almost a month now because they can't get me any. It's fine. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. That's how I prefer to spend my summers because then I can just run around and play and be fun. But Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just the, the academic life. Barbie. Yeah. You may have heard of it. It's kind of a big deal. I think there they, there was there was a little bit of marketing around uh, the, the country and world. Oh, so it was directed by Greta Gerwig, so starring Margot Robbie. I think also produced by Margot Robbie. Was it pretty? I think so, probably. Robbie? Yeah. At that at that scale, usually the the lead actor is uh gets a producer credit at least. 
Well, Margot Robbie can... also like is very proactively trying to produce more like feminist content, which is why. Oh yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. so. One second, Barbie media franchise. We should probably know, but it was a huge blockbuster hit, very critically acclaimed. Um, very much enjoyed it personally. So let's talk about it. But before we, I guess, dig into the movie, what was your sort of personal relationship with Barbie as a thing that exists in the world? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, like, I, so I, my sisters are a lot older than me. So um, for a large, the closest sister in age is, um, I don't know, nine years older than me? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so we didn't spend a lot of time in the in the same house together. By the time, like, I was kind of conscious, she was in college. So, yeah, so uh, it wasn't like there were... There weren't like Barbies and, and we moved constantly. So her stuff like wasn't in like when I remember like the first house that I like have really good memories of that we we moved we moved into, like there wasn't like a room with all her stuff in it. You know, like there was just like a room that she stayed in when she was there, but it wasn't like she didn't live there really. Do you know if that makes sense? Mm. So like that kind of stuff wasn't around. But I did grow up with uh with a with a cousin who was had had Barbie, you know, a cis girl cousin who had Barbie stuff. And she had she had everything. You know, she had the she had the house, she had the car, she had all the different Barbies, some of whom were weird and some of whom were were, were not, you know. Um and uh and I I remember like it not like I remember playing with them with her and it not being like a huge deal. Nobody cared that I was playing with the Barbies. But I think that if I would to play with the Barbies without her, I think that would have been an issue. Um, but I don't know. It didn't really happen. I know that, like, I kind of, you know, the toys that I was given, I ended up, like, turning into dolls. Like, um, you know, I had, like, G.I. Joes and stuff like that. But instead of, like, having them fight each other, they had interpersonal dramas, you know. Um, and um, all my, the Legos that I would build, I would build it and then keep it built and then create and this is part of being a writer too, I think, like create stories with everything. And sometimes I would film that and sometimes I wouldn't, but like, it was always about like, you know, I was always creating stories and doing like, um, and having personal relationships between these. I was playing dolls with things that weren't dolls, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, I think that if I had had uh, access to, to Barbie, I would have been super into it because that's kind of the, that's, that's what they're made for, you know? I also have an older sister, but we're much closer in age. She's two years older than me. So I definitely got to play with her Barbies when we were like young, like little. But then also my family kind of is very much a like push past that part family to uh, child labor. So (laughs) that didn't last long. And then I think it was also like, I don't remember ever having my gender policed around Barbie which is funny because I also, me and my sister watched this Barbie VHS tape. Uh, it was like for Barbie's birthday at Disney World, like so Ooh. many times, just so many yeah. times. Um, I remember just watching that on a loop and us being like, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I worked in the toy industry, so I own a lot of Barbies now. Not a lot. I think I own a reason, I own maybe like, four or five Barbies that I've just like bought over the years. A lot of my collectibles I've sold since I no longer work in the toy industry, but I have a few in my like office. Yeah. Yeah. And then I kind of also love 
just the the whole Barbie vibe and ethos as like um like my my old roller derby name is Dr. Bimbo and I think Dr. Bimbo is like the ultimate description of Barbie and they get into this in the movie a bit how there's kind of this duality in the Barbie mindset of being able to be like super femme and delicate and all of that while also existing uh in a while trying to have a degree of like hyper competence and success and actually if you're watching online you can see my old roller derby helmet that i no longer wear because it got damaged um it says dr bimbo on it but on my desk behind me right now in my messy art studio did Um, you change your roller derby name yeah, I started, so I started coaching the the kiddos and a kiddo uh, shouted bimbo at me in public. And I was like, mm-hmm. we need to change it. So it's now Dr. Alberta Beefcake. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, thank that's you. good. Yeah, yeah. People like Inaccurate. It. Good and accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the full title is actually Dr. Alberta Beefcake, pro- um, professor of bimbology and himbo studies. Sure. Yeah vital underrepresented field yeah which is exactly my gender actually is bimbology and himbo <laughs> studies but so this movie is, is was aimed right at you then yeah i really liked it i'm a huge i i'm a huge toy fan also it's from just like a toy history perspective so i love that like ruth handler was in it i listened to like mm-hmm. I have so many books on like toy history and the history of like play, especially in like the 20th century in America. So it was very much like right up my aisle. I was catching, I caught all of the like little things with like the magic ring Ken with his like, he 100% does not have a cock ring sewn into his vest. He does because he's gay as shit and sugar daddy Ken, which I thought was funny. They put in there and yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Big big fan yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of little stuff but honestly like i think it showed a little bit more restraint than i expected in some of those things too like i kind of expected you know bradley cooper or somebody to show up um halfway through you know what i mean like that kind of the 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 saturation uh we have in big blockbuster movies where like every every cami every every small part has to be a celebrity now um i think uh, i mean they did that with the Barbies a little bit, and yeah. the Kens, though, is every small part was yeah. a celebrity, but yeah, yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't over the top, I didn't think. Like well, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be in terms of the cameos and stuff. Yeah, John Cena shows up as a as a merman, but Yeah. Well, and all of the Barbies were I'm trying to think of literally every Oh god, yeah, there's so many, it's list. hard to keep track. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. So Kate McKinnon is a right. Issa Rae, um, Alexandra Ship, uh, Emma Mackey, Harry Neff, uh, Sharon Rooney, Anna Cruz, Kite, uh, uh, Kane. Oh yeah, Dua Lipa. I forgot Dua Lipa was there as Mermaid Barbie. As wait, was she all of the Mermaid Barbies? Because I knew there were multiple, and I assumed the others were extra. But it lists her as oh, Mermaid Barbies know. plural. And now oh. I need to go back and see that. That's again. interesting. Yeah, I need to see it again, too. I saw it on, I saw it a week ago today. I saw it last Sunday before I went on vacation. I don't remember. So I should have had notes, maybe. Should we talk about the plot a little bit? We'll get into that in a second. But I think maybe before, I guess before that, 
Should we talk about the cultural context? Uh, let's not. Let's sure. go. We'll come back to that. Let's talk about the plot now. We talked about our personal context with Barbie. So what was the movie about, Katie? The movie is about Barbie and all of the, the Barbies. Um, specifically, the protagonist is stereotypical Barbie, played by Margot Robbie. Uh, and she lives in Barbie land with all of the other Barbies. And their life is perfect. And they have a perfect life with uh, narration by Lizzo uh, singing a song every morning. But like, it is explicitly artificial. Like the Barbie house that she lives in is plastic. The The pool isn't real. The food that she eats isn't real. The, it's all, it looks just like the actual Barbie dream house. You open the refrigerator and there's a decal of, of food in the refrigerator. Um, she floats from the top of the house down because she doesn't need to use the stairs because when you're playing with the doll, you don't use the stairs. You just take the doll out and put it down on the, on the street and put her into the car. Right. Uh, and she, you know, she plays at the, at the, she plays volleyball at the beach where the, the kins are the cheerleaders. And basically what they, what they've created is a, you know, a gender inverse world where all the Kens are treated like women are treated in our society. That's the, that's the, that's the, the, the point, I guess. Um, and then she starts to have uh, thoughts of death and starts growing cellulite. So she has to go find weird Barbie played by Kate McKinnon, who tells her she has to go to the real world and find the girl whose doll she is to find out what's going on and why these things are affecting her. Weird Barbie is, of course, the Barbie that, you know, has uh, Sharpie colored all over her face and her hair is all cut off. And she's, you know, she everybody has that Barbie. Um, and she has knowledge of the real world because of this. So Barbie goes to the real world <clears throat> and Ken tags along because Ken is in love with her, but Barbie doesn't see him that way. Barbie sees Ken as her friend and his inability to kind of reconcile that is kind of the the crux of the movie right so they go to the real world and barbie tries to find the 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 girl that's um that's playing with her she gets it wrong at first i'm i'm into i'm doing too much detail aren't i no you're doing great okay so while they're there they split up and ken this this ken this version of ken stereotypical ken i think i think that's they don't really d- distinguish beach ken. beach ken yeah 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 his job is beach yeah um, and, uh, he kind of starts getting more respect in the patriarchy of the world that we actually live in. And he kind of likes that, right? Like he's treated like a first class instead of a second class citizen in the real world, unlike how he's treated in Barbie land. So Barbie ends up at Mattel, which is run by Will Ferrell and a bunch of like suits, um, there they try to they try to fridge her um they try to get her to go into a barbie box and she almost does it but then she escapes and she meets america ferrera who works for mattel and is in actuality the girl that's 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 who's her who who's whose owner she is right she's the one who's been designing barbies like thoughts of persistent thoughts of death barbie and cellulite barbie and that's why she's found herself changing and they all go back to Barbie land, but Ken beat them there and Ken introduced patriarch, patri- the patriarchy to Barbie land. And that's kind of what the movie is about, which was surprising because they kind of kept that out of all of the, 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 the trailers and everything, at least that I saw. 
Um, which so the fact that Ken is the antagonist of the movie was um, uh, was a surprise, uh, and it works it works really really well. And kind of there, uh, the reconciliation of the of the world and getting it back to you know quotation marks normal is kind of what the movie's about. Yeah, I think that was a really great summary. Thank you. Thanks. There's there was one part of your summary summary that is something I kind of wanted talk about because you kind of hit on a a thing i've seen kind of repeated a lot in media that i think is not necessarily the case okay i've been abandoned katie was carried off by a large bird oh no she's fighting the bird oh my god oh my god she went right for the bird's eyes oh my gosh this large bird is plummeting to the ground with katie they are falling falling towards the ground somehow katie has survived triumphant Oh, I'm Katie so is my, back. She's, my back door she opened. defeated the bird that flew in her back door and carried her away. <laughs> no, my back door opened all by itself. That's so spooky, actually. Yeah. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. Is it okay. just from, so, like, so humanity? I think so, yeah. I mean, like, I I was I was taking trash out, and I, I guess I didn't, like, clo- mm. get it. I didn't lock it. I had it. It was closed, but it wasn't locked. And so, it, yeah, it just kind of popped open. And didn't he, scale me. Um... Anywho, uh, so you said this in your summary too, and I've seen this in a few articles where it was like, oh, Barbie Land is like an inverted version. It's like a form of matriarchy. It's definitely a form of like matriarchy, but I definitely don't feel like the Kens are treated as like women are within the, under the patriarchy. Cause they're not like met with like violence as much as they are just yeah. kind of like not even thought of because Barbie land is more of like a little girl's understanding of girl power and like fantasy. for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. It's, but there's there, you know, it's, uh, it's a parallel to be drawn, you know, like there's the, there's the all Barbie Supreme court and there's no Ken on the Supreme court, you know, like it's yeah. it, it, in a simplistic way. That's, that's an easy way to describe it. But of course you're right. Yeah. There's no, I mean, it's also kind of a children's movie, so I don't think they wanted to get into that, you know? I mean, I think they definitely do get into that when they get into the real world, though, is, like, the, like, Barbie even says, like, like, I don't know, I feel the threat of violence. Yes, that's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um. So I don't know. I just think that's kind of interesting is that they, it's not necessarily a counter of, like, here is uh i like it's not a misandrist matriarchy necessarily it's very much a like because it's still a utopia for the kens but the kens are very much like um they kind of remind me of adam and the diary of adam and eve by mark twain where it's like there's just nothing going on upstairs and they live in a paradise but like they're just just, ken yeah yeah they're just ken (laughs) They're accessories. I mean, Ken is an accessory to Barbie, and that's what that's what he is in the in in Barbie Land. Also, like, I mean, there's the there's the thing that everybody is is quoting. It's like you know, his job isn't. He's like, my job isn't lifeguard. My job is beach. You know, mm-hmm. like he doesn't do anything. And he there's a whole sequence where he's trying to get a, to find a job in the real world, and like he doesn't he he doesn't do anything. He doesn't he doesn't know how to do anything. He's just he's an accessory. Yeah. Well, and then when faced with the idea of not being able to do anything, he effectively becomes like an incel edgelord and brings patriarchy to Barbie land. Yeah. Because he's like, well, I can't do anything useful, but I should still rule. 
Yeah. Um, um, and it's, uh, and then, yeah, so Barbie land is transformed. Uh, and it's, it's very knowing, um, and, uh, and very, very tongue in cheek, but it's also kind of scary. Um, it's, uh, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to describe. It's a very fine line. They walk, they walk because the movie is a commercial, like, and it's, it's hard to, to forget that. I mean, this movie is being made to not only revitalize the Barbie brand in terms of marketing, but also like clear the reputation, right? I mean, there's this whole scene where, do you want to talk about it? Um, I mean, you talk about, I don't know what scene you're going to say, but I have, I have comments oh, okay. on the reputation of Barbie, but I'm a Barbie stand, okay. so it's fine. Sure. Well, I mean, like, okay, so like she goes to the school, to the cafeteria and finds America Ferrera's uh, daughter, who she assumes is her owner is not the right word like her you know, human i would say her human yeah, yeah her human who's like a middle school girl um and these this these middle school girls basically you know tell barbie that barbie has done nothing but you know create image problems for for women and and uh, create an unlivable standard and all of the the anti-feminist um you know issues associated with the idealized version of, of Barbie and what a woman is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm not trying to be cynical, but I, I definitely think that part of the, the reason Mattel, you know, wanted to make this movie as a corporation was to try to, to get back some of that fem- feminist um, image that, that Barbie kind of, you know, lost for a while. I know that, you know, I have go such for it. Strong yeah. feelings on this. So yeah. yeah. So I do really so Sasha, the teenager, I I do I I I agree with how you can see how that that is the reading, but I think that's just actually a normal part of development, right? Like that's an expectation of all girls is you outgrow your Barbies, they go in a box. And that's then true. you do have to kind of unpack again, like this Barbie land view of like patriarchy or of um like feminism and progress and the world you'll be entering. And then looking at like, oh, you have to actually exist as not just a little girl who can exist in a fantasy, but like a woman in the real world. And I I really think that's just a common thing as teen girls being like, well, fuck Barbie. But I think the actual Barbie Mattel brand, they didn't need to do this. They make piles of money. Um, This was very much a project that's been like people have been trying to do for a long time time and i'm really happy greta gerwig got to make it instead of um oh my god what was her name the that one she's just a white blonde girl who her comedy was just she's shocking she had a comedy central show oh amy schumer amy, amy schumer. I, I thought she, i thought you were looking for a director yeah 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 um was trying to make a barbie movie for a yeah. long time and then um yeah but the barbie brand is great there's actually a tv show even that was like very similar. I think it's called Barbie life in the dream house where it's like a faux reality show starring Barbie, but it's like very much kind of like the same world of like Barbie land where it's like the, like doll logic. Mm-hmm. So there's like not really stairs and they like don't drink. It's, it's a very bizarre thing and you should watch it. It's great. Uh, Primo um, have an edible and eat a breakfast pizza and watch it content. Yeah. But like, Barbie has always been 
I feel like Barbie has always been a pretty feminist brand with like a good, like a good spirit. Like they've been trying to do the right thing and then they just really, they've fucked up like two or three times. Yeah. And I think some of those times were intentional. Like Oreo Barbie was, was like, I think one of their only actual and intentional. Okay. So Katie just made a face. So I have to explain Oreo Barbie. (laughs) Okay. So, so I, Barbie's first black doll was, I want to say 1968. This is a number I should know. Um, but it was like still within the sixties. Um, and was it Chrissy? What was the first black Barbie's name? So she wasn't Bar. She wasn't Barbie yet. The first, the first black Barbie doll was a different character. So most of the Barbies. So a lot of there's a lot of Barbies that are Barbies, but their name is not Barbie. There's Barbie right. is the white skinny blonde, and then. Uh, but they, they changed like, that at a certain point, right? Like, I mean, now, now there's there's a Barbie of of all different races. That's Barbie, right? So most of those characters, most of those dolls have a different name. They're a bar. They are a Barbie. It's it's confusing because it's like Barbie as like a class of things. Um, oh. Francie was the original. Was the first one in 1967. Let me look. Here she is, the first African American Barbie doll. Um, but she was the first one was made using the original head mold. Yeah, it was Christy was the first one with like a new sculpt done by an African American artist, and she came out in 1968 and had textured hair. And she was a she's a Barbie, but her name is Christy. There's a bunch of the Barbies, even some of the Barbies represented in this movie that are actually not. Yeah, tech, they're not Barbie, but they are Barbies. If that makes sense. I think it's important that they're that they that they change it changed it to to being Barbie though. I mean, like there's well, a yeah. So, but that well, we'll we'll come back to that. That doesn't matter. But they've been like pretty af- ahead of that and pretty good on like diversity of Barbies. Yeah, for a really long time. Um, in the '90s though, they made an Oreo Barbie that was right. she was just a Barbie, and then they made an um. And then they made uh, also a black Oreo Barbie. And that was one of their first controversies where it was like, they actually fucked up. Um, in that case, it's an unnamed Barbie. So if you get just like the cheapo Barbies or a lot of the like anniversary Barbies, they'll be like anniversary Barbie. It is not saying this is Barbie, the person Barbie. It's saying this is Ore- an Oreo Barbie. Barbie is a class of doll not a not the specific person Barbie within this mythos, which is complicated. Um, I forgot. I forgot that I was going to do this podcast with a toy historian until like we started today. Yeah, I'm I've, so I'm I've so taught, glad you're bringing all this. Yeah, I yeah. For those who don't know, uh, I don't know if Katie knows this either. One of the classes I taught at Oregon State was an intro to product design class where we designed toys. And talked about like design theory and history of toys, and I had them model and three D print dolls. I did not know that. No. Yeah. So I know a lot about uh, toy history, but um, uh, yeah. So like even in like the nineties, though, I think. Let me look. Uh, nineteen ninety seven, they introduced um, Becky, who was the first uh, Barbie who came with a wheelchair. Um. Yeah. Do, do, do. 
And then they also added, when they introduced her, an elevator to the Barbie Dream House, mm-hmm. which is, that's just nice. And there's like wheelchair ramps on Barbie Dream Houses now. And my cousin, my, my cousin Jody, her, her dream house had, had an elevator for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That. So this is like a pretty common thing. Um, they did introduce also the like different body shape Barbies a handful of years ago. Um, which gets into some really interesting stuff with like body image. Remind me to come back to that in just a second. Um, but generally Barbie has been like ahead of the curb on a lot of social issues. And there's like a Barbie YouTube vlog where she had like a really amazing Frank discussion about like racism in America during the George Floyd protests. Um, Who did? Barbie. Like the character Barbie? The character Barbie. Um, Damn. And then also, like, the Barbie the Barbie Instagram is such a good follow because it's, like, just Barbie as an Instagram influencer. It's amazing. Follow all the Barbie social media. It's all kind okay. of unhinged and beautiful. Um, it's, like, a deep, complex tapestry. Um, but uh, where were we? Uh, so Barbie, body image, progressivism. Oh, So I think Barbie has generally, they didn't need this movie to like re, to help their brand. They're still like one of the biggest toys of all time. I think they will be for forever. They're really good at what they do. Um, it's just, uh, there's like this persistent stereotype kind of of Barbie. And I think it's also for our generation. Like if, I think if you asked a kid, who is like 10 years younger than us, who critiques Barbie, they would say like, oh, Republicans hate Barbie because they don't like like all of the wokeness of Barbie because Barbie has been very progressive. Certainly now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really like- I remember the um, commercials a few years ago, they had had one of those fucking Barbie commercials that made me cry about like, you know, what you can grow up to be or something. Like, I know that they've been doing that for for a while now, at least. Yeah. Um, Well, and what's her name? Julia uh, Steinem. Like second Gloria wave Steinem. feminists, Gloria Steinem, thank you. Yeah. Second wave feminists really didn't like Barbie. And part of that is because they didn't really grow up with Barbie. And then that kind of cultural myth of like feminism being opposed to Barbie has kind of like reverberated for a while, even though it doesn't really make a lot of sense because like Barbie went to the moon yeah. before an actual woman did. Barbie was a president. We still don't have a woman president, but Barbie was a president before a woman even ran for president. Um, has a woman Barbie, been on the moon? I don't think a woman's been on the moon either. Actually, a woman has not been on the moon, but a woman, yeah. Barbie went to space before a woman went to space. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's things like I have, uh, in my office, one of the Barbies I have is robotics engineer Barbie. Uh, Hell yeah. who I love. And she has like the same computer as me. And I even got the like one with red hair, which I love. Uh-huh. Wait, do um, they have a playwright Barbie? They've got to have a playwright Barbie. I need a playwright Barbie. Is she just sad? Writer Barbies. <laughs> like, um, playwright I mean, Barbie just has it comes comes with a bunch of loans and and uh, and a day job at Starbucks. Yes. One of the the common critiques of Barbie, there is a Starbucks barista Barbie. That's one hundred percent one that exists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of the common critiques of Barbie is uh her negative effects on body image because there was a study on this but it's actually a really flawed study um where 
they looked at, they had girls play with Barbie and then play with this doll that's supposed to have like more realistic body expectations. And they found, claim, don't eat my headphones. They found that, ouch, now she's biting me. The headphones were the compromise, it turned out. So, um, and the doll that was supposed to be like more realistic had a more positive, had a more positive impact and like the girls felt more weird playing with Barbie than this other doll. But the study is really flawed because like Barbie has all these big cultural expectations. And then there's also things like Barbie is shaped the way she is, not because of like idealized body proportions, but because she's a mannequin and clothes have to look right on her. And when you make fabric smaller, it doesn't get thinner. That's why her yeah. neck is so long and her waist has to be so narrow or it doesn't look right. But, um, they did a later study where they had, after they made the Barbies with like different body proportions. And when they looked at that, there wasn't really any effect on the girls from playing with the different Barbies. But what they actually found is that given like the different body type Barbies, regardless of body types of the little girls, they went back to the, like the stereotypical Barbie, like the traditional Barbie mold. And a big part of that was, um, like internalized fat phobia from like the world around them. So the problem isn't yeah. Barbie. It's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the world. The, yeah. It's like patriarchal expectation, but we got way off track. I want to talk about a specific patriarchal expectation and Barbie that came up in the movie. I thought was really interesting. Um, it's kind of a throwaway joke, but it feels really trans and it comes up in like two moments. One is when they go to the real world for the first time, Barbie's like, feeling harassed and uncomfortable for the first time. And Ken, Ken is like, I love this energy. Then Barbie's like, I feel threatened. And yeah. she sees a construction site and she's like, oh my gosh, I can't think of a better place to find girl power. And she goes over and it's a bunch of men who immediately catcall her. And she says like, um, I don't have a vagina and he doesn't have a penis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just fucking trans. And then that resolves at the end of the movie with Barbie's big anticipated like appointment that you think is going to be a job interview or something is her going to a gynecologist for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that feels so trans as like a theme of like grappling with the realities of womanhood versus. Versus Not that like, having a vagina like, makes you a woman, of course, but. No, no. But what I mean is more. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, I just, I think we need to say that as a, as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We do need to say that. Uh, all or no genitals are okay. Yeah. But there's something about that where she goes from literally being as an aging trans woman, this is maybe what it is, who used to be very high femme presenting and now is just like, just, just living my best life. Um, I really liked the idea of her being like going from a doll who was like meant to be played with and looked at and beautiful to like a real woman who will age and become more beautiful through aging and lived experience and life. Um, and one of the moments that made me just cry during the movie is when oh, she's yeah. sitting on the bench yeah. and looking at that old woman and says, up. you're so beautiful. Well, that's her. That's I know. That's that's um that's that's Barbie, right? That's Barbara. What's her name? Is the old woman? Am I wrong about that? 
was that? Uh, you're thinking Barbara. Um, oh my gosh, it's Ruth. What is what is her last name? Handler. Let me look. Barbara. I feel like that should be listed somewhere. I can. I'll find out. That seems like yeah, absolutely. That was, was the first. Barbara. That was the first time I cried too. Um. Um. It's uh. Yeah, it's it's really yeah, and it's when Barbie cries too. It's the first time Barbie cries too, um, and yeah, she's just looking at the trees, and it is it's it's very because um, yeah, that's the other thing. It's not about it's not necessarily about the vagina. It's about maintenance, right? It's 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 more than than you know a body part. It is it's a the her going to the gynecologist is a symbol of her having, doing an everyday normal thing that, you know, people have to do. Well, and I think something it's that dolls it. don't have to do and humans it's have to do. Yeah. Dolls don't have to do. That is kind of like inherently uncomfortable and unattractive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, she's just looking at it as like, um, I don't know, as like an exciting embracing her humanity thing. And yeah. I really liked that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to it's it's a great line to end the movie on too. Okay. Yeah, so it is not Barbara Handler. Okay. Barbara Handler has said that is not me. Okay. Uh, it's a rumor it that it's her then. It's, yeah. it's Anne Roth is who plays Barbie, who she is a costume designer. Okay. She's an Academy Award winning costume designer. And oh, good for her. She worked on the in- English Patient. Um, sure. Various good yeah. costumes in that movie. I guess I haven't seen it, <laughs> but it's like um, an epic. I imagine there's good costumes in it. But yeah, I think there's something very trans about going from like I think we see a lot of trans allegories where yeah, it's I mean, the it, act of becoming a girl. Or, like, becoming a boy, you know, and, like, the gender transition. And I I imagine you're probably at a similar place where where I've kind of looked at in the past couple of years is, funnily, it was, like, kind of during early COVID is when I started to, like, think about this and reflect on it. I guess when I was turning 30 <laughs> is when I started to reflect on this. But I kind of, there's, like, a second transition from, like, being a girl to being a woman. Yeah. And I think our community doesn't talk about that a lot and that it's kind of this thing of being like, I'm no longer super concerned about how I'm viewed from this like heteronormative isn't exactly the word, right word. I no longer aspire to look like a Barbie doll. I might yeah. look like a Barbie doll, but I no longer aspire to do that. And I no longer have turmoil around that. I aspire to like, exist comfortably and you you aspire to look like ada i aspire to look like ada and a a trans woman in her 30s who is exhausted all the time Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you're talking about like becoming comfortable yeah like which is you know what we that that's all we can wish for for anyone you know trans or or cis or queer or straight or anything like we all want to be comfortable in our bodies you know um it just takes some of us longer than others i guess 
Yeah. I think we need to do a scripted episode on this eventually because I think there's some real good stuff to mine. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of... It becomes a musical, the last act. Uh, it's uh, it's it's wild. Uh, Ryan Gosling is fucking great. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, go see it. We'll do a scripted episode on it eventually. Um, but in the meantime, I don't know. It's I really valued seeing it. Um, it it's was such a, a good energy. Movie. Like we went into we went into the movie theater, and there were like you know forty girls and 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 older women and all dressed in pink um like waiting in line to get popcorn it was and there was no barbie box in my theater which is bullshit like supposed to go it was supposed to be like the fancy movie theater that had like the waiters bring you food and everything and the and it was like and there was no barbie box i was whack yeah it was it was whack um i went with (laughs) candy for her birthday so we went tuesday after we got back from vacation mm-hmm. and it was still sold out and full of people wearing full of women wearing pink which was yeah fun. yeah uh-huh. and some some patient men as well and several many of whom my friend and- emma's uh husband was wearing pink <clears throat> and being very Aww. brave we love that for him mm-hmm so some other stuff I want to talk about while yeah. I have you, Miss Katie. Um, so uh, kind of a, a, on the Barbie front, if you like clothing, um, the Splendor Queer store is up. Um, it's SplendorQueer.com backslash shop. Um, I'll, I'm going to update all the podcasts to include that. That's also where I'm going to slowly move the RSS feed over to and some other things um, and put some more bio information right now. There's just a page on Totally Trans there. Um, I need to add more of the old merch, but one of the new things you can get there is the Cyborg Muscle Mommy Warlord shirt, um, which is in a Barbie-esque font and on a Barbie pink little starburst like the Mattel sticker so you can um go over and get that now and we also have the eileen wernos um <laughs> feminist icon shirt uh which set as i support women's rights and also women's wrongs and it has a picture of eileen wernos which is my new which favorite got, thing to wear to the gym which got delisted which, from Redbubble in from like five etsy. seconds right from etsy yeah, yeah. etsy took it down immediately which is real sexist because they have a bunch of stuff about male serial killers on there but you put eileen wernos and suddenly it's a problem both sexist and homophobic yeah that sucks i agree um yeah so uh that's one way you can support the podcast the biggest way you can support the podcast is to back us on patreon get some bonus content um get episodes one week early if you want to hear me doing um some sapphic poetry reading uh which i will have to do sappho and emily dickinson soon um that's where you can do that and we're going to change up the tiers soon and consolidate them um yes yeah and then there's discord where you can discuss things i we are summer's Sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say our, our book club. Uh, we're about to start our, our new our new book. We are reading uh, "Summer Fun" by Jean Thornton, Jean Thornton, J E A N N E Thornton. Summer Fun, um, which is uh, seems like a cool book. It won the uh, Lammy last year for transgender fiction, and we're starting to read it next week. So if you want to join, come to the Discord, and you can see the schedule and everything. It's fun. And I will try to pop it on Discord some more once the school year starts, which is soon. I've been not very online in general this summer, but I, I will take some, I will pop in and say hi, because I know I'm not good at that. I'm really curious if that rain will get picked up on my headphones. It's raining. I can hear it. You can hear it? Yeah. That's funny. Um, adding to the ASMR feel of this video. No. Um, yeah. So check that out that back us on patreon and go to splendorqueer.com with that being said the thing i want to talk about katie for a while is we both went on vacation how was your vacation katie it was so good um we went to the chesapeake bay uh we were on an island uh in uh in the bay um me and um um my sisters um my uh my partner's family um, whose siblings I consider my own siblings, basically, um, had a great time, uh, just hanging out on the, on the, on the dock with a million jellyfish, um, and went to like a, went to, went to a real beach, but, um, the, the dock there was literally, you could just sit on the dock and count jellyfish, like endlessly. Um, it was, uh, it was a little treacherous, but, um, it was great. Yeah. I got a pretty even tan, I think. And uh, we made some food and we did some drugs and uh, had a good time. Yeah. That sounds so nice. Yeah. I and you went on a, to... on a. Oh, I went on, went a, camping on a solo trip. camping trip. Yeah. 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 It was really nice. Um, I ended up not. So I was originally going to go fishing and bring my stand up paddleboard. And then I was looking at all my shit and I was like this is a lot to do in a three day camping trip. So instead I just brought like my new tent hammock and some stuff. And I just went up and I just spent some time in the woods. I went on some nice nature walks. I um, made a nice campfire and cooked myself dinner. Uh, I had a really great time. Um, so I was up there for three days in Guanala pass, which is gorgeous. I'd highly recommend going if you get a chance, um, it's like right below the tree line. So it's really clear skies for stargazing. And there's some good hikes up there. And then this was I in Colorado and in Colorado. Yeah. Um, came back to Omaha and I went to Kansas city with my partner, Candy, um, which is, I mean, I'm going to use her social media name on the podcast because that is, we have tagged each other in things and that feels better. And I don't want to give people real names because of I because of my discomfort at this point with parasocial relationships. Yeah, but that's Candy fair. and I had a really good time celebrating her birthday in Kansas City. Um, so you at the Hotel Kansas City, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous. And then um, had a nice dinner, went to the museum, went thrift shopping a lot. I got a bunch of great button downs for the school year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a really great trip. And then came back and watched Barbie. <laughs> so it's been nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else with our vacation. I don't think so. Um, it's nice to 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 not have events all the time. Like a lot of times when we go on vacation, like I'm a planner and I t- I like to schedule things. So a lot of times when we like get out of the city, like it's a very regimented kind of thing. And this was like this was her family, so I wasn't you know, kind of involved in the planning or anything. And it was just very like, it was chill, you know, it was like, no, we're not, we're not doing anything today. Today we're going to, we're going to sit in chairs and read and, you know, just hang out. And it was great. I started embroidering, you know, we, we watched a lot of uh, trashy reality television. It was, uh, it was good. Love that for you. Yeah. And now I have to go to work Uh, tomorrow. So now you have to go to work tomorrow. Um, yeah, I had a really good, I don't know, I love a good vacation without a lot of plans. I'm starting, this is one of the things I've learned in my 30s. It, well, I didn't really go on vacations in my 20s. I went on like trips for, for purposes. And instead just being like, I just want to go and exist somewhere and then like cancel plans and just like meander, I find very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else on vacations. Um, something we'll be talking about in the near future is uh, My Adventures with Superman, which is currently premiering on Cartoon Network. And then you can watch on the on Max, on the new streaming service Max. Um, and then, so I, I think in the next couple of weeks, I kind of want to just write like a mini episode type thing around it. And then probably do a discussion after my little mini episode recording. We'll see how sure. we structure those going forward. And then... Um, I can watch a Superman thing. It's so cute. It's got like I this re- very... Oh, I was just saying, I reread, uh, I re- I reread uh, Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman a few weeks ago. Um, and j- just, uh, you know, reminded of how, of how great that, that story is. Um, I love certain versions of superman you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of versions of superman i think and I there's think, uh well there's like a multiverse of supermans i think i love yeah, yeah. every uh like every earth one slash also earth two earth one and two supermans i love them um like mainline comics superman and then earth two which is just like older superman and now they've done, there's been some confusing things in the past couple of years. I'm a big Superman confusing fan. Confusing things in comics? Shocking. I know. <laughs> um, I did not like Snyder's Superman because he wasn't Superman. It bummed me out. But My Adventures of Superman, it's like exactly halfway between kind of Christopher Reeve's Superman and like Grant Morrison's Superman. And okay. then it has kind of this like, sort of anime-ish feel to it that I think is really cute, but not like a shonen anime. Like, what is it called when it's like a girly romance anime? Um, I'm the wrong person to ask. Yeah, Jack uh, would know. Jack would know. Um, it's is cute. it Shoei? Is it Shoei? Like S-H-O-E-I? I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's, there's a name for it. Yeah, It's really cute. There's a really nice little romance in it that's adorably done. My friend Gia is screaming at the the episode right now. Um, love that for her. Love that for her. Um, 
yeah so that's it uh do you have anything else you want to talk about this week katie i don't know um not really well then this has been totally trans uh us <laughs> blender queer po- llc podcast oh and, rebrand yeah um please back us on patreon at uh, patreon.com backslash totally trans and you can find splendor queer uh products including totally trans merchandise at splendorqueer.com backslash shop or if you just go to splendorqueer.com it lands on the blog page right now but i'm redesigning that is there uh, a you in splendor like a canadian no it's um it's just s-p-l-e-n-d-o-r-q-u-e-e-r all one word um it's a play on tender queer is why um oh i i got it yeah yeah (laughs) it's not a subtle fun but um, just just trying to trying to help people search for it thank you i should spell it um you can find me personally on threats oh the underscore ada underscore r-h-o-d-e-s that's the ada roads um that's also where you can find me on instagram and i believe also tiktok i might start posting tiktoks who knows did you delete your twitter uh my twitter still exists you mean my ex did i delete my ex no i don't (laughs) mean that Ah! um i mean twitter is no more it is now x a failing financial services company oh Um, god yeah which is such a bummer so find me on those platforms and follow me katie where can people follow you these days um you can find me on what i will continue to call twitter until it no longer accepts me logging in uh at katie of the lake and i don't know blue sky i guess are we still doing that I don't know what to post on Blue Sky. I don't like, think anyone's doing Blue Sky. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a shame. Uh, I don't know. I guess. Like, remember Hive? Remember that one? Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to keep making social media I think we uh, just need profiles. to figure out how to do TikToks. Ugh. I know. That's the worst. It's the worst one. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm on Instagram. I don't know. Well... Email me if you want to talk to me. Nobody ever does. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Um, remember to uh, give rate and review us. Ooh, wait. I think we had a new review. <gasps> totally trans Apple podcasts. Yeah, yeah, we said we would read them out, but then we actually have to check them during the episode if we're going to do that. Yeah. So. Um, I'm pretty sure we had a new one because I looked the other day and as of 7-14-2023, Amber T-Girl gave us a five-star review that said, love this show, love listening to them, and it gets me to think of my favorite show and movies in a different light. Keep up the awesome work. Love, Amber. Well. Aww. Thank you, Amber. That's very sweet. Um, if you would like to get a shout out on the show, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and yes. we will if, read it. If it is a five star review, we will read it. Yes. If you give us a less than five star review, um, Katie will uh, find you and um, cry. I'll cry. And cry. She'll cry. Yeah. We'll all cry. Don't make us cry. <laughs> okay. 
Bye. Bye.